0: just so tempted. I preached at a men's uh, preacher's fellowship yesterday and I am so tempted just to preach that message again. Amen. And uh, I am really, really tempted to preach that. And You say, well, God, I'm not sure. Amen. But, uh, but uh, uh, Lord, I preached yesterday the but to becoming the exception. And um, let me be interested in hearing that message. Praise God. All right. All right. Turn if you would Second 2 Kings If I've never done this a damn my life. Amen. Guys, this crowd's ruining me as sure as the world. I'm sorry, Jeremy. You'll have to endure it again. Amen. All right. Jeremy was there and... and uh, Second Kings chapter number five. And you keep these notes, and because uh, they'll be there next week. All right. So everybody, keep your notes, and we'll look there next week. And let's pray. God, don't beat the stuff out of me for changing the message. Second Kings chapter five, verse number one. Now, name in the ca- page, page four twenty six. If you've not found it by now. Now, those of you that are that are guests with us here tonight. Understand, I understand, in 22 years, I had never done this. So we I don't do this all the time, all right. But I've been debating, battling with it all evening. And, and Brother Ronnie come in and said, when are you going to preach that message? You preached yesterday. And um, so anyway, St. Keith chapter 5, verse number 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, now listen, was a great man with his master. And honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance in Assyria. He was also a mighty man in valor. But he was a leper. Verse 6, And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have thou with sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. Verse 9, So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Verse 11, But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place. And recover the leper. Now turn if you would to Luke chapter four, verse twenty seven. Luke chapter four verse twenty seven. One more verse. And you'll need not turn that if you're not there by now. Amen. And many and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, saved. Naaman, the Syrian, the but, to becoming an exception. Brother George Huth, would you please lead us to the throne of grace? Amen. Nobody writes about the ordinary. Nobody talks about the ordinary. Newspapers do not print stories about the ordinary. Nobody writes books about the ordinary. Only those things are the exception. Yesterday I met a man... He travels and maybe he's been to some of your schools and he, he plays volleyball teams all by himself. He's a one-man volleyball team and in and, and my understanding is he's 59 years old. He is the exception. He is the exception. Now, when we look here in the book of Luke, the Pharisee, the Lord had just read the Scripture and the Pharisees and the religious sector that day said, Well, listen, is this not the son of Joseph and Mary? And if he's really the Messiah, why doesn't he perform a miracle? And the Lord looks at them and says, Listen, you had two prophets. Elijah, you had him, but you wouldn't listen to him. So God sent to a little widow, a Gentile widow down in Zarephath and did a miracle for her. You had Elisha, but you wouldn't pay no attention to him. And so God sent him to a Gentile captain by the name of Naaman and healed him. Now you have to understand how raw that was to the Jew because the Jews considered two groups to be the lowest, women and lepers. And so what Jesus said to them that day was this, God's not going to give you the miracle. He's going to give it to the women and the lepers. And I'm going to tell you, and, and, and uh, oh my goodness, how, how angry they became at him. But what interested me was the fact that he named Naaman the Syrian. And Naaman become the exception. I got to wonder what made him become... Why, why did, was he the exception? What made him the exception? Well, in 2 Kings, chapter number five, in verse number one, we see a great deal said about this man. May I say, first of all, he had position. The Bible says that Naaman was captain of the host. I mean, he had position; he had authority; he was a ruler; he was he was chief in in uh, uh, in the army. I like what one man said. He was every little girl's dream and every little boy's hero. He was a man that had position, had great position. But don't miss this. He 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 literally demanded the attention when he walked down the street. He had a shiny helmet, but he had a shiny sword. And knew how to use it. But. He had a shiny armor. But. So he had position. But when I get over to the book of Luke, I don't find God mentioning his position. Not only did he have position, he was powerful. Bible says, Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. Not only that, but he was also a mighty man in valor. I don't know how to tell you this. He'd take you out. He was a powerful, powerful man. I, and, and, they, and they knew it. He was a man that, that literally... You didn't get to be captain of the host if he was a wimp and a pansy. You didn't get to be captain. I mean, to be the captain of the host... And a mighty man, a great man, a man of valor, means he was a very powerful man. And everybody knew that. But when I get over here to Luke, it's, it's just not mentioned about his position. He didn't talk about his powerful, being powerful. He didn't talk about any of that. Not only that, but listen, he had prestige. I mean, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. I, I love this. Now, no, this will, this will help you. All runs down, not up. When people come around and, and, and splicing all up on you and telling you how wonderful you are, how good you are, how, how, how great you are, you better look out. It's only when those above you tell you that you're great, are you great. Here's a man, he's great with his master. Not the servants telling him he's great, masters telling him he's great reminded of Psalms 133.3. Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garment. I love this. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the Mount of Zion. For there the Lord commended the blessing, even life forevermore. But position didn't make him the exception. He wasn't the only captain of the host. Others were captain of the host. He was powerful, but that didn't make him the exception. He had prestige, he was great with his master, but that didn't make him the exception. When we get to the book of Luke, it's his butt that they're talking about. But he was a leper. It was that thing. It was that thing that, first of all, was secret to everyone else. I I praise God for our church, and I praise God for how we. Uh, I was in a store just the other day, and and they said. Um, you're the pastor over Salt so Rock. I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, some of your members come in here. I said, well, let me just tell you right now, I'm not responsible for them. Amen. <laughs> hey, I didn't know what she was going to say. And then I suddenly didn't want her to say, how you have your, your trademark, you can't hide the store out." I said, good Lord, let me find out how much it is. I'll make them tithe on it. That's the best I can do. And uh, but she said, no. And here's what she said. She said, you got some mighty fine church members. I said, well, thank you very much. I said, I I think so. They've got a great church. Here was a man. He smiled as he walked down the street. He demanded a certain amount of attention. No doubt about it. Everybody knew who Naaman was. But when he took the shiny armor off and took the helmet off and laid aside the sword... He saw his butt. He was a leper. He had to deal with that. You know, we can put on the front here all we want to. And I, and I think we should. I think the house of God ought to be referenced, don't you? Amen? I mean, I think we ought to act right, do right, be right. When we come to the house, of, this ain't, it's not Walmart. Amen? But you know what? We can do all of those things. But when we go home and take off our Sunday go-to-church clothes and we, 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 set, we lay aside our Bible, it's probably that butt that you're going to have to deal with if you're ever the exception. Now, I say, first of all, it was secret. But he was a leper. I don't find anything in Scriptures. I knew his king knew about it. I, I know that his wife, his immediate family knew about it. The little servant knew about it. But I don't find recorded that anyone else knew he was a leper. Back to the second thing, and this may very well be the greatest, the greatest hero in this story. It may very well be this little servant maiden in verse number two. And the Syrians have gone out by companies and have brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Miss Naaman said, okay, we're going to make some beds today and we're going to fix some biscuits and we're going to clean the house. And while they're doing it, this little maiden said, would God my Lord were with the prophet that's in Samaria, for he recover him of his leprosy. She may very well be the greatest hero in this story. For you see, she's been stolen away. She's been taken captive. But she ain't sour about it. She ain't grumbling about it. She ain't a cussing about it. She's not doing none of that. But she's been stolen away. She's been taken captive. And I know some. She served well. She served well. How do you know? Because if she didn't serve well, she wouldn't have had a voice with her mistress. She wouldn't have had the ear of her mistress. Here was the little old gal. She'd been stoned away. She'd been taken captive. But I'll tell you this much. She's got enough of God about it, she served well. One of the burdens I have for our young people next year. And I'll be meeting with them in a couple of weeks. And... and uh, uh, I'm, gonna meet, I'm gonna meet with all of our young people, and you parents are invited to come as well. But one of the one of the things that I see our young people is they don't have a servant spirit much about them. We got some great young people, but they don't have a servant spirit about them. They, uh, 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 don't don't blow don't this out now. Don't get all sideways with me. Don't get all don't get all sideways. But when we get ready to clean up, I hear in the fellowship hall, I don't see a lot of young people carrying chairs. I see a few. Hallelujah. But not a lot. And uh, one of the things we want to help them next year is to get a servant spirit. And so we find here she served well. So when she spoke, you have to understand, when she spoke, She moved the mighty man of valor. She moved the king. She moved the prophet because she spoke up and said, Would the God? Would the God. My Lord. Notice what she called him. I hadn't even seen this to 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 this today. Would God, my Lord. She's coming under subjection of authority. She's coming under that uh, uh, place where she she's surrendering under that authority. God can't help any rebel, amen. God has never helped rebellion, and he never will. Never will. And so she become a servant. But then he did something else in this story. He sought help from the wrong place. In verse 6 and 7, I read verse 6, and, and uh, uh, he brought letters to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, Bill, I have thou sent sit naming my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And notice what the king of Israel does. It came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, he had a conniption, he had a fit. And he ran his clothes, and said, am I God to kill and to make alive? That this, this, this man does send me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider i pray play you. See how he seeketh the corner against when I make him mad. <laughs> I can't fix this man. You need to understand something. Some things men can't fix for you. I mean, you can get on the Facebook. You've called. You put it on the Facebook to everybody. You've called everybody you know, but you still got your butt. Still has leprosy. But don't miss this. And this probably blesses me more than anything else about this story. Success came in a way he never expected. one said well would the God my Lord will go to providence prophet in Samaria he, he cured him of his leprosy and the mighty man moved at the voice of the servant notice the second servant and Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying now don't get don't get sideways with that one messenger he was one of the servants in the house Elisha sent a a messenger unto him saying, Go and jump in the river. That's what he's saying. Go wash yourself in the Jordan seven times. And thy flesh shall come again unto thee, and thou shalt be clean. Now the first servant, he went, boy, he's thrilled. The second servant made him mad, I mean, and Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I saw you would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord. He has gone. Strike his hand over the place and recover the leprosy. Here's what he said. i I, I, got, I got a plan. He's going to come down. He's going to pray with me. He's going to be healed. And I'll be healed. He's going to pull a Benny hand. Amen. And I'll be healed. But you know what? God does things the way I expect Him to do it. As a matter of fact, in the last 22 years, I have given God so many wonderful plans. I have given Him countless plans on how to fix you. (laughs) I mean, masterpieces. Masterpieces. And I told him what the plan was. And then he turns and says, No, he does something totally different. And then when I see him do it, I say, Okay, That's, that's a good plan. That's a better plan. No, I say, Oh my gosh. I never expected you to do it that way. I never looked for you to do it that way. This this is the strangest thing. The prophet's not even going to come down and say hello. He sends a ser- a messenger. He said, I don't tell him to go wash himself in the in the Jordan. Don't miss Jordan River's muddy it was a muddy river. Anyway. And, and he says, just go wash yourself seven times. And he said, you'll be clean. He, he don't even give him the courtesy to come down. And he's, he's angry about it. He's mad. Because he had an expectation of God doing something in a way that God wasn't going to do it. Oh, how many times we miss God. And we miss the greatness of God when we try to box Him in to our Expectations. I, I hate to tell you this. It's really going to be, it's going to really be discouraging when you go home, but you'll come by my office. I'll comfort you before you go. Okay, are you ready? God's a whole lot bigger than your box. You'll never fit God in your box. I, 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 I'm going to embarrass her. I think I can outrun her. What, two years ago? You said, right up there. Can I share this? Good, I was going to anyway. Amen. She said, right there. And I said, you know, I said, Ashley, I think God's got someone for you. She said, no, 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 it's all gone. It's all gone. And she walked away. And I said, Lord, why don't you just do something there so she knows And everybody knows you're still on the throne. And God brought that thing full circle. And now that she's got the husband that she knows that God wanted her to have in the beginning. And done it in a way nobody would have ever expected. See, you miss God because you box Him in to doing it your way. And my way. Don't, don't, I, I told these fellows yesterday when I started preaching, if you wanted to know something, ask me. I could tell you. I had three sermons ready to take on the world. At least the three sermons said, Oh my gosh, what am I gonna I'm going to do? I've got to come back next week. I honestly believe this, and it's, it's kind of funny now, but it wasn't then at all. I, I honestly believe, I said, I, I'm going to run out of something to preach. I'm going to have something to preach. What am I going to do? And I'm honest with you. right? I got more preaching in my heart than, than I could, that you could handle in the next 100 years. It's amazing how God does those things. But I said, if you wouldn't know, just ask me. After 22 years, I'm like, "Well, oh, brother, I'll um, oh, forget his name. But uh, I, I'm not even sure about the question. I do know this. I know we've got a God that is a mighty, great God. Amen. And into it, servant number three, servant number three, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My Father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith unto thee, Wash and be clean. Here's what he said. He said, Would it not be worth it if you come up clean? And, and so the Lord said, I want you to go and wash or duck yourself seven times. And I thought, Why not one time? Why not just once? God, I know seven's a number of divine completion. I know that. But why just not one time? You agree with me, don't you, that God could have done it without him jumping in the river if he wanted to. God could have done it anyway. Why seven times? Well, I think maybe there's seven things he had to deal with in Naaman for him to become the exception. And maybe you would see yourself in some of those seven things. The first duck he had to make was this, was pride. He had a lot of pride. He had, to, he, had to, he, had to, he had to set aside his pride. Pride's killing us. Proverbs writer said, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. His pride about destroyed his miracle. His pride almost, almost kept him from being the exception. How many times I've seen pride keep people from being right with God and being the exception. The second duck he did was this, self-esteem. Behold, I out he'll surely come out to me i'm somebody i'm captain of the host. i'm somebody he had to die to himself oh my goodness tonight i i, I think we got the greatest church amen if i didn't think this is the greatest church i'd find him be there amen see if they let me be the pastor we've got the greatest church. And I tell you this much, the moment that self becomes greater than the Savior, you're out of business. So, self-esteem. The Bible says, he comes over and, and not only that, but the third duck, reasoning, are not at nine far apart rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. His reason was in the waters at the house better than this? No, they're not. If God said, wash in the Jordan. They're not. Don't miss this. We can. he could have went back to those rivers, jumped into to all the fish, knew him by a first name basis, He's still been a leopard. He still has butt to deal with. If he want to be the exception, he's going to have to do it here. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. The fourth duck. His own plan. Behold, I thought He would surely come down to me and stand... Here, here's what I, he said, I want him to call on the name of his God, the Lord, his God. He said, I want to take his hand on him to please hand on his over the place and recover the leprosy. Boy, then said this, Isaiah 55, Friends, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Elisha said, you do what you want, but if you want your butt dealt with, you're going to do it God's way. And I just praise God, God's got a way. Amen. I I stand amazed. I stand amazed to see the great hand of God and all that he does. The fifth duck. Self had to become the servant. Self had to become the servant. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, now don't miss this, they are telling him what he needs to do. Sometimes self has to become the servant to someone else, if you're ever the exception. When that Sunday school class, Sunday school class, let's just use that. That, that's us just use one of our teenage Sunday school classes. Mom and said, you know, I, I just don't like that teacher. Hold it. You'll never be the exception. Because to be the exception, what you need to be doing is saying, no, no. That teacher's the authority in that class, so you come under that authority. You become servant. that and you become the exception. Self had to become servant to the servant. Now, when you leave the Sunday school class, you come under the authority of mom and dad. But when we destroy authority, we destroy our children and ourselves from being the exception. Because that it's anarchy, and our anarchy always brings heartache and trials. And everything in life, all of us in life. When I get on the highway, I'm the pastor of this church. Praise God. I, I, I'm thrilled about that. But when I get on the highway, I become servant to the authority that keeps the speed limit. He pulls me if I ever speeded. If I was to ever speed, if he pulls me. I can't believe you stopped me. I'm the pastor, sir. Right back. What do you mean? He's going to say, "Sir, I'm the highway patrolman. This is what I mean. Set by here." He's probably going to take me off to jail. And don't get around Barry Goodman. Barry Goodman said he was going to pull up beside a cop, roll down the window, tell us, I'm the pastor of Saw Rock Baptist Church and speed off wide open. Amen. (laughs) What a friend. What a friend. (laughs) Which that's after we went visiting and we heard some dogs and he had a bad (laughs) leg. Said it'd be all right, baby. he said, Why? I said, because all I had to do is outrun you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness, we, he the self had to become the servant. And one of the one of the one of the, the, the pivotal points of Naaman becoming the exception in, in, in Luke was the fact that he set aside his rage and his anger all that the mis- all that all of his perception he set it all aside and said, Servant, what did you say? Servant so said, Wouldn't it be worth it? Man, you're willing to give him everything. I mean, you'd give him the horses, the church, you'd give everything if you could just take care of this bud. Wouldn't it be worth it if you come up clean? And Naaman, as he made his way down, Self become the servant. He was exception. Number six, Doug, his obedience. Then went he down and did himself seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. Here's somewhere you just got to do it. Somewhere you just got to obey God. He's mad. It's like his plan. He don't see how it's going to work. How's the money, Jordan, going to help me? Nothing makes sense other than the fact God said, won't you just do it? And he just done it. Some things we just do out of obedience. We have run our bus now long enough and um, the first two or three weeks. Woo, hallelujah! Man, we had this Now I said, I mean you got 30. What's happened is now, now it's work. <laughs> what was that? Amen. Amen. It's work. And now the excitement's over. Oh, it's still exciting. Praise God! I still I still get excited when I see him coming. Amen. But now, it's more out of obedience than it is a thrill or or, uh, or exci- It's obedience. God put it in a heart to run a bus, and God put these kids in my heart, and I'm going to go. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm going to go. That's obedience somewhere. Because nobody, nobody ever becomes the exception that's disobedient. No one. And then last, the seventh duck is this. He was healed. And his flesh came up again like into the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. He almost, that is pride... And his anger robbed him of being clean. By the way, I preached this to a bunch of preachers. And I've, I've critiqued it a little bit more for our church, but basically the message is the same. And I said to them, and that might be the reason I don't give many any invitations to preach. Probably <laughs> about when I got done, but... so. I said, gentlemen, when we take, our, take off our suits, we take off our tie, we take off our shirts, and we take all that, that looks preacher, pastor, we take all Sunday school teacher, deacon, when we take all of that off, what's there? We took all that off. But he was... A leper. And isn't it amazing? All the rest never made me exception. But when he went to God's man, did it God's way, following God's plan, God said, let's take care of that butt. And in doing so, in doing so, Jesus would one day stand to a bunch of religious therapists and a religious sect of that day. And here's what he would say. He said, you know, they said, if you're really him, won't you do a miracle? He said, no, I ain't going to do no miracle. He said, you had a prophet, Elijah. You didn't want to listen to him. So God sent him down to a widow's house, a Gentile widow in Zarephath. And he gave her the miracle. You mean with the barrel and the oil? Hallelujah, it didn't run out to the food came. You, you had Elisha, but you wouldn't pay no attention to him. So God sent him to a gentile captain by the name of Naaman. And those became the exception. So I'll stand to your feet.